0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goth.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how a kind of random guy translated one of the oldest texts in the world, how horses lost their toes, and why sperm swim differently than scientists previously thought.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity. The Epic of Gilgamesh is the oldest piece of literature in the world. But when it was finally translated in 1872... Its plot turned out to be surprisingly familiar. What's even more surprising was who did the translating. Not an archaeologist or a linguist, but an engraver's apprentice visiting the museum on his lunch break. Get ready to hear the epic of George Smith. In 1860, Smith was 20 years old and working at a printing firm engraving banknotes. The job wasn't glamorous but it gave him a knack for recognizing visual patterns. The shop happens to be within walking distance of the famous British Museum, so he would frequently spend his lunch hour in the museum's Near Eastern collection. He was especially taken with the cuneiform tablets. Even though they were in dozens of fragments dispersed among the exhibits, he could figure out which fragments belonged together and could even translate a few lines. Museum scholars took notice of the young man, and soon realized that he could read the tablets better than they could. Within a year, Smith was hired to organize the rest of the museum's broken collection. Eventually, his attention focused on two 2,500-year-old shattered clay tablets. Virtually every other piece of cuneiform writing translated up to that point consisted of receipts for clothing and livestock. Not super exciting. But as Smith began working to translate the shattered lines, it soon became clear that these ancient tablets were not receipts. The story on the tablets was about a demigod, Gilgamesh, who searches for a cure for death. Instead, he discovers the legend of Utnapishtim, the only man who achieved immortality. It was a gift given to him by a god who flooded the world during a temper tantrum. Utnapishtim survived by building a giant boat, taking his family and a bunch of animals on board, and floating until he released a bird that never came back. Sound familiar? The Epic of Gilgamesh showed that the biblical story of Noah's Ark was much older than previously thought. It wasn't a happy ending for George. He finally had the opportunity to travel to the land with which he had become so well-acquainted, but he was a poor traveler and died on his third trip. The tablets mention that Gilgamesh will be remembered longer than any other man. What they didn't mention, however, was that an engraver's apprentice from London would have to help.
1: Citizen science, man.
0: I'm all about it.
1: Here's something that will never let you look at horses the same way again. A horse hoof is one giant toe. Horses evolved from animals with multiple toes, but eventually lost the extras over millions of years of evolution. But why? Research using 3D fossil scanning may have gotten us closer to the answer. One ancestor of the modern horse is Hyracotherium, a dog-sized animal that lived about 50 million years ago. Importantly, it had toes, four on each front foot and three on each hind foot. During its heyday, the planet was warm, wet, and overgrown with trees and bushes that were great for hiding. But eventually, global temperatures dropped, the landscape got drier, and forests gave way to grasslands. That made running more important for survival. A larger body size did, too, since grass isn't as energy-dense as leaves are, and larger animals can conserve energy better. Over time, all of these evolutionary pressures led to big horses that could run fast. But that still doesn't explain why they lost their toes. For a study published in 2017, evolutionary biologists at Harvard University collected 13 fossilized horse leg bones that spanned 50 million years, reaching all the way back to our friend Hyracotherium and forward to the horses of today. The researchers measured the strength of each bone, then estimated how much each horse would have weighed. That told them how much stress their bones would have been under when running. They found that as horses got bigger, their center toes also got bigger to make their leg bones more resistant to stress. In the process, the side toes became less useful, so they slowly disappeared. Another study also found that at the same time, the horse foot evolved a sort of spring mechanism. It's able to flex up to 90 degrees and pull back a series of specialized tendons to store elastic energy, like a bow and arrow. This can save up to 40% of the horse's locomotor energy with each trot. All of that helped horses evolve for long-distance travel. But the extra toes of modern horses haven't disappeared completely. You can still spot them on many horses as a rough growth on the back legs. That's something some people call a chestnut, or hair-covered growths just above the back of the hoof called ergots. Evolution is everywhere. You just have to know where to look. Sperm cells are some of the simplest cells in the human body. They have one job, and that's to swim their way to an egg cell to deliver their DNA. We've known this for centuries, but as it turns out, we knew much less than we thought. Recent research suggests that we were wrong about the way that sperms swim. To understand where we went wrong, let's take a quick step back in time to the 1600s. Dutch scientist Anton van Leeuwenhoek had learned to grind glass that could be used to make simple microscopes. With his homemade scope, he becomes one of the first people to see individual cells. Almost inevitably, he takes a look at his own sperm under a microscope and describes them as having, quote, snake-like movement like eels in water, end quote. For the next 300 years, scientists generally agreed with that depiction. But here's the thing. A microscope only produces a two-dimensional image. And until now, that's the only way scientists have been able to view sperm cells in action. We've learned a lot since then. One thing we've learned is that the molecular machinery that powers the tail, known as the flagellum, should only be capable of beating in one direction. This means that sperm should move in circles instead of taking a straight path, like a rowboat with oars on only one side. That also means that sperm should be mechanically incapable of moving the way Leeuwenhoek described. Researchers at the University of Bristol shot video of sperm in motion. But they didn't just make any video. They used a 3D camera shooting at 55,000 frames per second through a microscope that moves the sample up and down really fast so the whole tail could come into focus. The result is the most detailed three-dimensional image of sperm movement ever made. It showed that sperm do, in fact, only move their tails to one side. But the real discovery is the way they counterbalance that asymmetry by rotating their whole bodies as they swim. Instead of waving their tails like eels, sperm swim more like otters, using a corkscrew motion that propels them straight ahead. This is an example of how scientific understanding is like an unfocused picture that becomes clearer over time. Leeuwenhoek and the scientists that came after him weren't wrong. They just couldn't see the cell world in all its detail.
0: Well, that was a good time. Let's recap what we learned today.
1: Well, we learned that one of the oldest written works in the world was the story of Gilgamesh. And it was all but forgotten until a 20-something dude named George Smith was able to decipher the text and translate it. And it turns out that that epic tale was super similar to the story of Noah's Ark, which shows that it's a much older story than previously thought. Also, I want to give a shout out to Lance, who sent in a listener question earlier this month asking what the first known work of fiction was. And yeah, it's the Epic of Gilgamesh. We just did a story on it.
0: Well, kind of. I read that listener question to my wife, who has a comparative literature degree, and it it does kind of depend on, like, you then have to ask the question, what is fiction? Because certain tales were recounted in certain ways, like histories became fictions. Like, does that mean the first fictional story, the first fictional novel, like the first time something was fictionalized? Does that include religion and mythology? So there's a lot of different ways to define it. But in in at least one definition, yeah, this would be the oldest one.
1: (laughs) So you're saying I didn't get out of this question easy. No, (laughs) I I have more
0: work to do. (laughs) See, the thing about my wife is she's really smart. (laughs) Oh, I know. And so like, I I was like, yeah, it's simple. Sure. Yeah. What's the earliest thing? it? And then it's like, well, what is fiction? And then it's like, oh, <laughs> right.
1: What does it mean to be something? Yeah. What is <laughs> <It> was... meaning?
0: <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll discuss that while I'm out on leave. I'll come back and let you know in a couple months. And we also learned that horses lost their other toes so they could get around faster. Hey, Ashley, you're a runner. Do you ever wish you just had one big toe? Oh,
1: man. I mean. I think other endurance runners could tell you that after a while you end up being, you end up pretty much just having one big toe. <laughs> Runner feet are not in good health.
0: <laughs> oh my. Well, moving right along, we also <laughs> learned that it turns out scientists weren't exactly right when it came to understanding how a sperm swim. Instead of moving their tails back and forth, they actually spin those flagellates around to propel themselves forward so they can beat those other swimmers to the coveted egg.
1: Hey, you know what they say, don't hate the player, hate the gamete. Oh!
0: <laughs> Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer, Ruben Westmas, and Cameron Duke, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily.
1: Script writing was by Cody Goff, Sonia Hodgen, and Natalia Reagan. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff.
0: Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes.
1: And until then, stay curious.